All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Tailboard Misfits podcast. I'm your host, Heath Meredith, joined with my co-host, Gunnar Michelli. Hey, guys, what's up? All right, everybody. Well, we just want to continue to thank you all for all the awesome feedback that we've been getting. Um, tons and tons of shares and likes on Facebook and Instagram. And, man, it's just awesome. Uh, we really appreciate all the love and, and the comments that we get from, from people all over the place. Uh, we've even got some some listeners in Colombia and... Um, and out of, out of the country, so it's it's really it's pretty cool. That yeah, it is. The words getting out there and uh, getting feedback that that a lot of y'all are all going through some of the same struggles of the examples that I put out there, and um, that we uh, you know trying to make a movement and, and fix some of these things. On the last episode, we hit pretty hard on uh, just some of the lessons learned from from Hurricane Harvey and um, leadership lessons, some tactical and operational lessons, and all that. So. Um, we're just going to kind of move. We're going to start doing some shows talking about um, uh, series type items. Basically, just we're going to start by doing um, talking about you know what it is to be a good a good man. We're going to start with men. So all you ladies out there, we will we will get to y'all. But but primarily, um, you know, I, I look at the the demographics of the folks that are listening to this show, and we have a, we have a lot of men that listen to this show. Um, there's there's several you know a small percentage but there we know that there's several of you ladies out there and we're gonna we're gonna get to y'all and start talking about about ladies in the fire service but um one of the main things that i primarily have dealt with throughout my career that i see struggles happening everywhere is a a lack of of men that are willing to stand up and actually do this job for the right reasons uh so we're gonna start moving into some kind of series shows where because a lot of this stuff is too hard to cover in a in a 30 or 45 minute segment so we're going to um, to start diving in, and and uh, the first part of that we want to start because it's where everybody starts in the fire service is um, is talking about basically being a, a good rookie. Um, we're going to give you some some tips and tricks and and things that um, you need to do when you first come into the fire station to get a good reputation for yourself and and start moving moving up, you know, into different roles in the fire department and have a good reputation and everybody be willing to rely on you. One of the big things that we've seen several comments for um, in several of the different forums that we've joined on Facebook is people asking, you know, I'm a future firefighter or I'm, a, you know, going through the academy or whatnot and uh, what's some things that I can do? Um, do? Do we have any tips for you type thing? So that's that's one thing we wanted to, to hit at home first because that's every, where everybody starts in this business. Absolutely. So um, that's kind of where we are and uh, what this episode is going to be about that. So, um, Gunner, you're in that phase right now. Yeah, yeah. So I've been at Longview for almost about a year now, and um, it's been good. And so going into this has been tough because, you know, left the Marines as a sergeant. You know, I had a squad of 12 men under me. You know, balls deep in the leadership realm of things. Then now I'm kind of having to start over. So uh, it's been odd, but it's been good. And so pretty much, you know, I fell back on my worth ethic. You know, I kind of shut everything off as far as the leadership perspective, but now I'm solely based off just work hard. And people will notice an initiative. Work hard and initiative. If you got that, you're set. <laughs> you know. Absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah. I must say, as an officer looking in, when I get a, a guy on the crew or a lady on the crew, anything, you know, rookie status that they're coming in, yeah, absolutely. Like, you see that right off the bat. Um, 
So I, I already know, because I know you, I worked with you, but I also know, you know, guys that you work with, I already know what your reputation is and, you know, as an upcoming firefighter within your department and that's spot on. I mean, that's literally, that's where it all starts is just coming in and doing the little stuff um, right off the bat. Um, I'll tell, tell us, uh, day one in the fire station, what's the very first thing you did your very first day on it? So, man, if you don't know me, so I'm a pretty little spunky guy. I'm not a big guy, but I'm a spunky guy. So, uh, you know, I, I'm going in, meeting the guys and stuff, and I'm always got a smile on my face and always laughing. It's just my personality. Until I get mad, then I'm a fucking nutshell. <laughs> I'm fucked in the head. But, um, but besides that, you know, and so I went in there just with a very, very positive attitude. And uh, I kind of, you know, did my own research and talking to guys in the fire service, which I know a lot of them. And so they kind of gave me a good foundation of what to do and what not to do and what not. So I pretty much went straight into rolling in the chores and being really progressive, knowing my job. So, um, you know, knowing the fire truck, knowing what, what station I'm going to. So that's kind of the hard part, you know, because I was always going to several different stations and working on several different apparatuses. And, you know, uh, not all of our apparatuses are built the same. We have them, you know, set up for each demographic of the city. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... Uh, my deal is was like man i got to be a team player and i got to go in there with a very humble mindset not caring what i did in the military you know and not not letting that ego come into this so i went in there humble like i was an 18 year old guy that liked to work hard and cussed a lot so (laughs) so i went in there you know washing the towels no one ever really had to tell me to do anything and i did everything to the max effort to clean in the toilet to the max effort you know i showed pride in everything that i did and um but Really, you know, uh, if I had any tips is, you know, going back to the worth ethic and, you know, an initiative is just don't talk. You know, when people talk to you, definitely have a conversation and stuff. But, like, if they're, somebody's having a conversation on the other side of the room, don't jump into it. You know? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Because, <laughs> man, we're, I'm seeing that. And so, like, the way that kind of how I set myself up or whatever, you know, in the way that Lomu set up, kind of once you're a checked-off paramedic, you know, they're – you're technically not considered a rookie anymore. So if that takes you three years to, you know, a year or even less than a year, it is, you know, you're not classified rookie status. But um, but outside of that, you know, that tip is, man, we got one guy there. Oh, Lord, help him. But he's, you know, he's always, he's got to be in the conversation. He's been there for maybe two months. He's got to be in the conversation. He's done developed uh, – <coughs> A name for himself and a hatred for himself just due to the fact that he's always got an opinion on something uh-huh. you know and it just carries on and that's the thing what's so specific about being a rookie what you got to watch out for is not um having that name for yourself because yeah. it travels oh <laughs> real fast too uh that's what uh I, you know I, I think a lot of people don't understand or the ones that do don't uh don't grasp the seriousness of it but the fire service is so small mm-hmm. it's so small and once you latch on to any kind of reputation no matter what it is good or bad it's stuck with you and it takes a lot to get rid of that mm-hmm. so to, you know get that kind of reputation in your first two months you're basically poisoning yourself oh absolutely. i mean that's that's like a bad cancer that you can't ever get rid of um or it's going to take you a long time to get rid of um yeah we can go ahead <laughs> i'll uh I kind of elaborate on that because the the departments that I worked at and whatnot went through dealing with a lot of rookies just because of the turnover rate and you're constantly doing it. Now, 
as we talked about in previous podcasts, you know, people that come in with with uh, validated experience in my mind, once they learn the do's and don'ts of this department, learn, you know, the operation procedures of this department, that's a little different ballgame. That's not exactly what we're talking about right now. We're talking about the day one, fresh out of fire school, fresh out of EMT school, um, and or if it's one of these larger departments where they're not even having to do those things, they're having to hire people literally off the street per se. Uh, that's who we're talking to. Yeah. Um, if if it's a person uh, coming in that already has you know ten fifteen years in another department or whatever, and they're trying to come to this department to make more money, that's a totally different ballgame. We're not necessarily addressing that. Although you need to still know your position and still know your role and play play by the rules. Yeah, know your place. But that's basically what we're getting at is trying to give the rules to the guy that doesn't know um, because so many times. It happens where people come in. Uh, I think fire academies could do a lot better job of kind of explaining what what's expected of a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot <laughs> of this expectations of a rookie is kind of under the table things. It is. A lot of it's under the table. Um, and that's a fine dynamic because, as we've known, if, if it isn't written down on paperwork and it's not into policy with the city, then you can't enforce it. Mm-hmm. But what it does do is, it's it's a reputation. Exactly. That's that's where the it goes in your reputation file rather than your personnel file with the city. That's what we're getting at. <laughs> the reputation file goes a lot longer than the paperwork file. Ooh, a lot longer, and uh, and that's just a sad reality uh, of this entire industry, um, on good or bad. Um, you know, if somebody's a jam up jam a firefighter in another department they call you like damn yeah we love that guy well then he's going to go in and he's already kind of legged up on everybody else that might be in his rookie class or whatever because he has a phenomenal relation or uh, reputation from previous departments but if he's a shithead and he's coming over here then he's got to try to he might be leaving that department because he was viewed as a shithead and he was really like man I didn't know like I didn't know I was supposed to do that stuff and they automatically started hating me so I want a fresh start and I want to, I want to go over here and, and do it right this time totally understand that that's actually a pretty mature decision to make you just have to know that the fire service is small and that's hard to overcome mm-hmm. so you're going to have to go over to that new department and bust ass to try to, and then then overturn that opinion on you overturn that reputation and it's doable 100 percent doable um but that's definitely what we want to dive into is the expectations of things so like myself as an officer uh looking had a rookie coming in the things that I would be like okay uh, you know this this is going to be a great fireman this person showing me this and showing that that's the stuff that we want to talk about just basically give everybody a leg up on trying to uh, have a good reputation uh, and then Gunner's perspective is going to be he's living it mm-hmm. and you know so far he's been doing really well with his reputation and, and moving in a good direction so he can give current things that I necessarily can't because it's, it's been a few years since I've been a rookie so um you know that's that's kind of the goal for this. Yep. And um, you know I'll go ahead and, and jump on one of the main things that uh, that will burn my ass, and it's probably the biggest pet peeve. There's a lot of the stuff that I can coach and I can teach and get people through, uh, getting them trained up to move into that senior firefighter role. But I'll just say, what are you talking about with the the uh, having to jump in the conversation? Stop. Just fucking stop. <laughs> The two words that I can't stand, and it's not just in the fire service, I can't stand to hear it from my fucking kids, is I know. I know. 
No, you don't know. <laughs> you don't know shit. Uh, you might think you know, and that textbook might have told you that you know, but don't. Don't, don't even go there with me. Just say yes, sir. Just mm-hmm. say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, whatever it is. If it's like an absolute devastating safety crisis, okay, then yes, you have to interject because that's what the industry says now. And I can, you know, if it's going to get people killed, then that's a little different story. But don't ever come into a conversation as a, a one-day rookie or a two-month rookie talking about I know because that instantly will just fly over everybody because you yeah. don't know. No. And, I, you know, I shit, back in the military, like, you know, you're always a junior Marine to somebody. You're always, you know, the new guy to somebody. And you're a boot to somebody. We use the term boot, and that's kind of what, you know, we use in the fire service as rookie. But – you're always a rookie to somebody, and mm-hmm. so going to translate, um, keep that in your career and to t- continue that whenever you're talking to you know more superior officers and stuff, because um, you have a group of chiefs, you know, and you go up to them and they ask you something to do, and you'd be like, I know your response, to everything that I know. I mean, <laughs> man, you just it's it is irritating. And we say that because it really is a, a large, large, large percentage of the problem. I mean, that's that's not just being mean. That's not just being you know, singling anybody out, that's a lot of people come in. They think because they were taught this during fire academy or they were taught this in EMT school or they saw this during clinicals or whatever, that that dictates everything and it doesn't. Like, that's the harsh reality. Those schools are by design at this point in time just enough to get you through to pass your test. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That is not, I mean, really most of the stuff that you're taught in, in basic fire school and basic EMT, a lot of those things are not even transferable into a lot of departments because the tactics or the EMS protocols or all that are not even the same. Mm-hmm. So just because you experienced it on a, on a minute level during those schools, that does not mean that, that it's going to be how it is. Um, you know, I take myself, for instance, on, uh, you know, you're <laughs> – the level of knowing where you're at. I mean, I, I have a a good amount of, of experience in this business, but there are certain people when they walk in the room, uh, you know, like Chief Mo Davis. He walks in the room. I worked around him. I know a lot of the you know a lot of the stuff that he's done in his career and this that, and the other. Man, I'm I'm dead silent. I'll I'll 100 like shake his hand, introduce myself, type thing, talk to him a little bit. But when he starts opening his mouth about fire stuff. Man, it's just sit there, listen, take mental notes to what comes out of the man's mouth, as well as countless others. But he's just one that pops in my mind because he, he happened to work in the same area that I did of Houston and stuff like that. And, and a lot of people around the country know him because he's traveling, teaching, uh, putting a lot of information out there about tactics and command and all that. So a lot of people are getting to know him. Um, but just know that somebody like myself, when I'm around an individual like that, I'm not – I know, I know, I know. Hell no. <laughs> this guy's seen more fires than, than I've even dreamed about. You know, but then in, in correlation to that, you come in the room with me and you just came out of fire school, I don't want to hear shit. Because until you've had your ass cooked off, you don't know. You, I mean, you might think you know, and that little LPG fire that you had in fire academy, that might have got you a little hot. But no, that there's a drastic difference. And then even on the EMS side, you can run mega codes in class all day long, but that ain't shit till you're getting puked on, shit on, blood all over you. It's a completely different ballgame. So no, you don't know. Um, so that that right there is the very first deal. Put in the back of your mind, and and you may even have to train yourself mentally. 
If that's your immediate response in your personal life, is I know, kind of like my kids, that's what they want to say to me is, I know, well, no, and I, that's <laughs> something I have to stay on them to change that verbiage. Mm-hmm. Just try to remove those words from your entire vocabulary. Just swap to, yes, sir, yes, yes sir, ma'am. yes, ma'am. Just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. That that's the best response. That will show that you have respect. It will it'll take away, you know, you looking like a know it all, and immediately. Uh, that will that will help you in in everything in your career is just take that shit and remove those words from your vocabulary. Um, I'll say, you know, it's somebody coming in first day, show up early. Yeah, show up early for God's sakes. I know that you're not you may not be getting paid for it. Okay. I understand all the legalities behind that, and I actually am one of the people in this business that supports the laws that protect employees. However, if you got to get up and say, like for you, larger department, I'm not sure exactly what y'all's procedures are on this, but I know a lot of larger departments with somebody coming in, especially you know a rookie firefighter or whatever, you may not even know exactly where your station is. Uh, to caveat that, I would highly recommend if you actually are getting a station assignment prior to arriving on your very first day, go find the station before your first day. Go by and introduce yourself. The shift before, you know, whenever you do your interview, chief gives the, you know, the job offer. You accept that. You go through, you know, getting hired on. Whether they fit you for uniforms before and all all that kind of stuff. You may do that on your first day. It just that's completely department dictated. I, I can't say, but if you say you have a week or so before you're actually supposed to start. Go by that station. If you're assigned to A-Shift, A-Shift Station 1, go on A-Shift Station 1 day. Go introduce yourself. You know, hey, I'm Heath Meredith. Just got offered this position. You know, I'm accepting it. I'm super excited about coming to work here. I wanted to come by and introduce myself to everybody. Uh, Make sure that I knew exactly where the station was. Make sure I have the crew change time right. You know, just go ahead and get them and let them show that you're showing the initiative to already know where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there. That's the first stop. First right out of the bag, that's the first thing you got to know. And then, uh, you know, when your first shift day comes up, if your job is to, you know, either call the the dispatch or call um, <clears throat> on-duty battalion chief or whatever, whatever the procedures are for your department, make sure you call them early, make sure you leave the house early, so that you're, if, if say, you thought you were going to be at A-Shift Station 1, but you're actually going to be A-Shift Station 7, and it's on the other end of town, you're leaving yourself enough time to get to that station and still be there, A, for sure on time, but a little bit early. Um, because there's nothing going to be worse, you know, the way this business works. <laughs> if your relief ain't there and you catch a run right at crew change time, well, now those guys are stuck. they got to go run that call. Mm-hmm. So if you're not coming in as a... Uh, a lot of departments, I think, are getting pretty good about the new guy coming in is not necessarily filling a full position. He's going to more or less be a third, an extra. So uh, if that's the case, then you're blessed. But if you're actually there supposed to be replacing another fireman and they're stuck running a call, well, they're going to come back and be like, well, damn, the fucking rookie couldn't even show up on time to his first day and I had to catch a late call. This some bitch doesn't know how to get here. Boom, you're done. First round of the bag, you hadn't even been there five minutes and you're already getting a shit reputation. And that's just how it is. I mean, mm-hmm. am I right? No, that's... you're right. You're right. In which I'm weird. I'm so fucking weird about time. <laughs> I show up an hour and a half early every morning because I like to, first thing, read in the morning. So then I like to go shit, shower, and shave with not having to go run a call. 
So yeah, you get there pretty good. Yeah, you call me way too early. Yeah, like three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what happens whenever you have a, a friend that orders nights. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's that. I mean, immediately right out of the bag, you need to go ahead and do that. And when you walk in the door, uh, you know for sure you need to to go address the captain, or you know find somebody and be like, hey, you know I'm. I'm He'd married if I'm, this is my first day. I was assigned this station. You know, if you didn't have the opportunity to go introduce yourself prior to that time, um, if that's your truly your first day walking in that station, uh, then once you do that, you know, go introduce yourself to the captain. Um, make sure you have all your all your gear that you need to. Uh, a lot of departments are really good about giving you your gear prior to your first day, but some you may be getting there that first day and having to get fitted fitted for gear. And, um, you know, pulling all that stuff out. So that might be something that the captain might be, hey, you know, get with such and such. They're the quartermaster for the station or however it is. And get your damn gear. Because <laughs> you don't want to be there and be dicking around or worried about who's who and all this kind of shit. And, you know, say your crew changes at 7 o'clock and you've been, you know, essentially fiddle-fucking around. Boom, they pop a fire. You don't have your gear. Well, guess what? Now you look like shit because now you're the rookie that didn't have gear for his first fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of this shit really—it's just common sense, but some mm-hmm. people just don't know. Mm-hmm. So this is our attempt to try to coach because if you don't know, the only way you're going to know is somebody telling you, and that's exactly what I'm here doing. I'm freaking telling you. <clears throat> so you know, uh, get that stuff handled. Ask the captain, "Hey, captain, where am I riding?" Or if it's uh, you know, if there's if if it's a bigger station and and the chain of command is a little more separated with multiple levels of um, rank between you and the captain, you may not be addressing the captain directly. A lot of larger departments with larger stations, that's the way it is. Um, you're going to be addressing your senior firefighter or your lieutenant or you know your EO, whatever the rank system is, you need to figure that shit out pretty quick. Um, and then just find out, where am I sitting? Get your stuff set up. Check your fucking air pack off. That should be the first thing you do every day. I don't care if you're a day one guy or a day fucking 45-year guy. The first thing you need to do when you get there in the morning is check your air pack. That's it. Get that shit handled. Check your radio. Make sure your radio has a good battery. Make sure you know where it is. It's set up however it is that you want to do. Um, You know, if you're fresh out of fire school and and you're... Day one, you may not have a good system of how exactly you like your gear set up. But if you're a guy like me, I can go into any station in this country and set my air pack and set my gear and set my radio and my helmet and my mask up exactly like I like it, exactly how I want it, anywhere in this country today. Um, And once you do it a bunch, you'll get that method and you'll get that Mm -hmm. down. But you need to set your shit up the same way, how you like it, what's the fastest for you, and it'll take you a little while to learn exactly how you want that to be, but you need to go ahead and get that in your mind. This is how it needs to be set up. And so go ahead and start getting in that that repetitive motion of doing that every single day. Get that stuff lined out. <clears throat> There's a lot of departments out there that um, they're not doing it right. I'll just flat out say they're not doing it right. Either their chain of command has um, their priorities are not in line of exactly how it should be or whatnot, or... There's a million umpteen reasons why, but uh, I just am a firm believer. The first thing you should do when you get to the station is check in with your captain. That way he knows that staffing is not an issue so that nobody has to be called in for for overtime or any kind of payroll shit. You check in with your captain and you get your gear and your air pack set the fuck up. 
this bullshit of coming in and the first thing right out of the bag is fucking cleaning? No. If, you're, if your mindset is we need to fucking mop and clean before we get our shit on there, your department needs to look in the mirror because you cannot do a good response to an emergency that comes in five minutes after you've been there if your shit ain't set up because you were worried about cleaning. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this topic up because time management. Because <laughs> as a rookie, you're going to be expected a lot out of, you know, if you're riding tailboard, not on the medic, you're going to be cooking. But also, you need to have all this stuff done mm-hmm. and also breakfast ready by a certain time. You know, and that's, you know, going into the reason why I'm showing up early. So my kind of routine for that is I show up way too fucking early anyways <laughs> first thing i do i put my gear on the truck and i set my air pack up and stuff then i'm check all the truck stuff out then i go to the driver hey i did all this and so he'll do his thing with the engine uh operations check i go and supposed to fill out op, uh, all my operative iq stuff if i miss anything normally the driver get it but then i'm going right by breakfast and i'm having breakfast ready by 7 30 okay and that's every morning uh and but if you're on the medic uh you know in which um, I ride a lot, you know. You're not, you're kind of a little separated from the engine stuff and the comes with the chores and stuff. But I'm still the mentality of the person of I have to help. If somebody's yeah. cooking, don't, you know, there's kind of an unwritten rule in law view that you know if you're on the medic, you don't do chores and stuff like that, or you don't clean, or you don't cook and stuff like that. I got to be in the mix. I have yeah. To well, be. the reason for that is because you're making twenty something calls. A yeah. Day and, and the engine <laughs> yeah. is not making that many yeah. runs, so that's more or less a courtesy to the medic crew. Um, mm-hmm. As hey, we know y'all are getting your asses ran in the ground, so we're going to try to take care of you. But you stepping up, um, trying to handle both is yeah. what, the, what the deal is on that. I just can't watch anybody work, but um, <laughs> but that's just I see so many guys getting wrapped up in that. They'll you know they'll forget to put their stuff on the truck and they have breakfast ready, and they're just overwhelmed by everything they have to do in the mornings, and it's so sporadic, and they don't have like a, a system down, and you know things get left. Mm-hmm. You know, they they didn't put their hood on, or they didn't put the hood on their uh, truck, or they didn't they forgot to. It's nine forty, and breakfast is just now being cooked. You know, it's just time man, time management is very, very, very important. Well, and it, it can all be we understand completely. It can all be dictated. You, know, you walk in the door and you pop a, a commercial fire. You ain't getting breakfast at seven thirty. I mean, that's yeah. that's the the beauty and the curse of this job is every day is different. Mm-hmm. Every day is different. You never know what you're gonna get. Me personally, I love that. I can never do like an assembly line position where it's the most repetitive thing over and over and over again. That drives me insane. So I love that you show up and you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what the day is going to bring. But making sure that you handle your equipment first before everything. Um, And if if that takes you getting there a little bit early, then that's just what you have to do. Um, That's something that, uh, you know, your, your crew and your department ha- at least has the courtesy to be able to understand that. And y'all already, you know, like we take care of the med crew because, you know, they're getting all the calls essentially for the most part. They're getting most of the calls and, you know, we kind of kind of got to scratch their back. They'll scratch ours type deal because mm-hmm. uh, they won't be – hey, we make sure that they get to eat and they won't be calling us at 2 in the morning for a lift assist. They'll just freaking tough that shit out and get mm-hmm. the patient loaded up and, you know, we can sleep a little bit longer if, if that be the case. You know, you try to take care of yeah. your crews. Um, but at the same time, everyone has to be understanding, you know, if you, you get there and you pop, pop some calls right off the bat, you're not getting breakfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's the beautiful dynamic about this job is every single day is different. 
Um, and I think a lot of people get get kind of caught up in in the repetitive nature. You may be on a slow spill for a few months. You may not be catching fires. Um, it happens, and I think uh, I think that gets kind of lost in translation. Some people kind of get a little complacent or they get a little heavy on, well, we hadn't really been burning, so now we need to focus in on, on the busy work or um, the administrative stuff to keep admin happy. But still, at the bottom line, you're there for the emergencies. All the mm-hmm. rest of that shit is just you yeah. know, extra. So, um, yeah. I, and I, the reason I say that is because I, <laughs> I've seen guys, you know, it might be, um, might be long crew, uh, lawn day and sometimes you have to prioritize like when it's super hot in Texas in the middle of summer by 8 o'clock it's 100 degrees mm-hmm. so people will get there and throw their gear on the truck check their shit off real quick and then they immediately go to mowing to get that done before it gets super hot to me that was always okay it was like hey you know we kind of got a flow with this but at the bottom line they always got their shit on the truck mm-hmm. and got the truck checked off yep that's you know, and that's very important. And but also, you know, going into that, so pretty much we got our truck checked off, you know, and we got breakfast cooked, you know, and also, so now we're going to talk about breakfast table in the morning. That's what you should do. So, well, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and give my opinion on that. Um, I always super respected somebody that when they first came in, you know, they they went ahead, like you said, they got the truck checked off. I know that day one, hour one, they're not going to know where everything is on that truck immediately. They, you definitely need to glance it over and look through and put some hands on. You know, okay, this is the compartment where the tools are. This is the compartment where the saws are. All that kind of stuff. But, but you're not going to grasp all that immediately. And, and I'm a realist and I understand that. But, you know, depending on what seat you're sitting in, I, I used to do, um, I, I'm real big on seat assignments. I know a lot of departments do a lot of different shit, but... You rode for me on my crew. Depending on what seat you were sitting in, that was you had specific job tasks. If it was a fire, if it was an extrication, if we were assigned to, to ventilation, whatever it was, depending on what seat you were sitting in that day, you had a specific job for that seat. Okay, so you wouldn't know that unless you ask, mm-hmm. or unless I told you. Well, I always respected and loved whenever a firefighter would come on, even somebody—not even a rookie, but somebody coming from another station—they would ride and we'd be sitting there at the breakfast table. Hey Cap, you know what kind of tactics do you use? What what do if we catch a fire right now and and I'm riding in this seat, what exactly are you expecting of me? And I'm like, all right, this person came here to work. This person came here to be a fireman, to be a firefighter. They're not worried about looking cool. They're not worried about they they want to know what's up. So I just pour into them. You know, if you're riding behind me, you're the, the Bravo seat. You're nozzleman. So that means we roll to a fire. You better have that shit and be at the front door by the time I finish my 360 and we're going in, baby. Like that, that was immediately my tactic. Now, the other seats had different, different uh, assignments and whatnot, but, but somebody that was willing to come in and ask that right there, first right out of the bag at the very first breakfast, I know they're there to do work. So I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, and we can build on that. You know, they're not, like I said, I don't. I don't expect for a day one rookie to learn all this stuff on the very first day. I mean, you're not going to be able to do that. But if they know I'm sitting in the Bravo seat and we catch a fire right now, my job is to grab that hose off the cross lay and go to the front door. You no, know, and that's showing. That's already showing you that the guy's got initiative as well as he care about 
he cares about the job, you know, so um, that's very important. That's pretty much, you know, one of the first things, you know, you, we did with my captain whenever I showed up to, you know, Station 6, his name was Captain Gray. He, first thing he did was set me down and we talked about expectations of me. Or I was a kind of an annoying little fucker, like, hey, yo, Cap, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you expect out of me today? And so we sat there and had a long conversation. And, um, and everyone kind of chimes in the driver like he'll tell you what he's expected out of you because and also at the time when people start talking about their pet peeves yeah even station stuff you know? <clears throat> yeah uh, I was, yeah i'm about to say that's that's going to be the time when it when all that stuff but to me as far as for for looking for like somebody wanting to be a good rookie if you go ahead and ask that question for one it opens up the flood doors mm-hmm. on all those expectations and it makes yourself look good because you're you're taking initiative and wanting to know exactly how to do the job um, and then, yeah, that very first breakfast, or usually I didn't do it while we were eating, but, um, you know, right after that, I would do, uh, I would usually pull them in my office and then bring the EO yeah. in or something as a witness or whatever. And then uh, I would have a talk with them as far as, you know, rookie firefighter captain, and then we bring it out and, and do a full-on expectations talk with the whole crew, like mm-hmm. you're saying. And we talk about everything, whether it's, you know, in the evening time, you're going to be doing this, this, and this uh, for cleanup or whatever. Um, so, yeah, getting that hammered out right out of the gate um, was always awesome. And bullet point, huge asterisk, stay off the fucking phone. Oh, yeah. Do not even, when you're there, don't even put your phone on the table. Like, I understand I'm what – the year of my birth and everything, I'm technically classified as a millennial, although I, I live a little different lifestyle than most millennials do. However, I understand that most millennials were raised in the process of all the technology advancement. Most of them can multitask, either you know through playing video games, can carry on a conversation, can be on the phone looking at stuff, carry on a conversation, whatever. Do not fucking do that in a fire station. If you are talking at the, at the kitchen table, you honestly shouldn't have your phone out anyway because that's learning time. The kitchen table is where... All the learning goes on. You learn more at that kitchen table than you ever will on a drill field. Oh, yeah. Ever. And the rumors. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, but, uh, yeah, put the phone up. Leave it in your pocket. There'll be plenty of time. You know, if if you need to, I understand because, you know, I'm married and stuff. When I get to the station, I first, you know, as soon as I get to the station, I'm in the parking lot, I call my wife, check in. Hey, baby, I made it to work. Okay. Boom. I totally understand that. I totally understand if you got if you have to, you know, call the kids in the morning and tell them have a good day at school. Those kind of those kind of conversations I understand. But if you're sitting there scrolling on Facebook when I'm trying to give you a tactical conversation, that's your ass. That is your ass. And you can try to play all day long. Oh, look, I can, I'm listening to you. It doesn't matter. You need to have eye contact with the people at the table that are talking to you, and be 150 percent engaged. On exactly what they're telling you because this is not if you're having a tactical conversation that's not talking about who's fucking who and that's not talking about what kind of the best whiskey is out there that's talking about shit that saves your life and other people so your complete undivided attention needs to be on that yeah that's a respect issue oh and i'm founded yeah. on respect oh 100 but that i wouldn't even touch it on that yeah. yeah you want to talk about some of these old heads you know i I'm not even that old, and I don't like it. But, yeah, you start talking to, like, a captain that's in his 40s, 50s, 60s, some that are older than that that probably need to go home. Uh, <laughs> but they, they can't give it up. Uh, 20-year-old something talking to a 50-year-old something and playing on the phone, he's automatically going to fucking hate you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how good you are. 
he's going to fucking hate you because he's going to say, yeah, the whole time I was talking to him, he was just sitting there playing on his damn phone. So do not do that. I, that's just the biggest word of advice I can give. Just stay off the phone. There'll be plenty of time. There'll be plenty of time for you to be on the phone. That's kind of the beauty of this job. I mean, you do have a little bit of downtime where you can, you know, check in with us or do that or, or whatever it is you need to do with your friends and family, all that. There will be time for that. But during those conversations, during relief time, when you're making relief with, with you know, the offgoing crew member and they're telling you all the shit they did the night before, all the equipment that they used the night before, don't be sitting there playing on your phone. Because they may be telling you, hey, you know, we, we made an education last night and the damn power unit went down on the tools. So the power unit's out of service. And if you're not listening, you won't even know that. You make extrication here in a little while. You go to open up the compartment and you're like, oh, shit, where's the power unit? Oh, fuck. You know, you're SOL because this piece of equipment was missing. But you weren't listening because you were worried about whatever was on Facebook. Stay off the phone. Mm-hmm. I agree. Second thing to that. Because that's I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer hard on this damn phone shit. <clears throat> when you're riding in the back of the fire truck, that is your time to learn your district. That is your time to see your community. That's your time to see what you know big buildings you have, residential shit you have, the streets that you're traveling down, all that stuff. That is the time to learn all that. Um, look for your fire hydrants on the corners. You know, you're leaving the station. You're going to pull out. You're going to turn left, right, go straight, whatever. You need to look and see hell where the nearest damn hydrant is to where your station is. If your station happens to not have one in the parking lot, some do, some don't. But you need to be looking out the window. Stay off the phone in the fire truck. Um, if you know, if if it goes off and it's a phone call that's an emergency, whatever you need to do, get on there, hop, handle your business, and get off. But don't just be mindlessly sitting there scrolling. Riding around in the back of the truck. For one, you're not paying attention to where you're going. You're not using that opportunity to learn your district. Uh, and for two, you know, you may have a little kid pull up next next to you at a red light that's sitting there waving at the fireman in the back seat, and you're too busy looking at the phone, so you just miss that complete opportunity to connect with the community that could later on save your ass and get you a fucking pay raise. All because you're worried about what's on Facebook. That shit that's on Facebook, it, it'll still be there 30 minutes from now when you're back at the station. So that's kind of a characteristic thing um, that falls back on 100% what the community perceives of firefighters is what keeps us a job. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) truth be told, at the base of all that comes down to what little kids think of us. Little kids love us. Little kids have fucking firefighter birthday parties. They have firefighters that, you know, they come to their school to do ride-alongs. They do all this kind of stuff. Little kids love firefighters. Well, what does that do? That makes the parents love firefighters. You know what the parents are? The parents are fucking taxpayers. The parents are the ones that show up at your city council meetings to either save your ass when you're asking for that budget increase or to burn you because they're going to vote no to you getting shit. So if you'll just pay attention to that and just use those little... I mean, it's just the little bitty things. Yeah. It's little bitty things. You just... Just love on the community. And I'm not saying that happens every time that you go out, but you never know. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you never know when you're going to be driving down a residential street and there's a bunch of kids playing in the front yard. If you're looking down at your phone because you're playing on Facebook, you're not even going to see all those little kids. You know how – like that makes their day. You're driving by and you, they're all – and you roll your hand down and wave out the window. You just you just won three huge fans in the fire department. And all it took was a wave. That's it. So the back of the truck sale off your phone – when you pull up, 
since we're talking about driving around district, <laughs> when you uh, when you pull up at the station and you're the rookie or the junior firefighter or whatever it is, be the first one out of the damn truck to spot the truck back in, to back the truck. Don't sit there because most departments at this point in time all have 100%, you know, um, spotter back in policy. They, they got tired of guys running over station doors. <laughs> so you always have to have a spotter when you're backing. Be that guy. Don't make the captain or the EO have to turn around. Who the fuck's getting out? Somebody get out so we can back up. Don't be that. Just get out. Mm-hmm. Be the first one to get out. Get back there, spot, wave, do you know whatever the department hand signals are. You know, Give them the fucking finger for all I give a shit. But be the one to get out mm-hmm. and back them into the station or, or anywhere. Anywhere that they're stopped and needing a spotter, if you're the rookie – Get out. It shows that you're showing initiative. It shows that you're paying attention to your surroundings of where you are and what the crew itself is needing at that time. It shows that you're paying attention to that shit. So just get out. And all you're doing is just getting out, walking a little bit. Hell, it ain't going to hurt you to walk and wave. Um, it might be hot. It might be raining. That's really going to be the two worst things. If it's hot or raining, yeah, it sucks, but somebody's got to do it. And guess what? Why not you? Yeah. And that goes with everything on medical calls, on fire calls. You. Be on your A game. Be yeah. the first one. I'll be the first one to do it. Don't let anyone tell you what to do, and just have that initiative. That's why initiative is so important to me. Because I, it, I went and with that tactic in the military, did very well in it, and I was like, dude, this shit fucking works. Mm-hmm. So you know, then roll it right into the fire service, and it still works. I'm like, dude, fucking imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a hard concept, but a lot of people just don't know. No, and I think it's a definitely a generational thing. Generational. I mean, it's a, it's a school because. You know, most public schools, hell, you're not even but taking the initiative is damn near condemned. You yeah. gotta wait until. I mean, I don't even get me started on how the public school system is, but basically, <laughs> it's to the point where they're just like wanting to treat students like cattle. Yeah. You know, you 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 can't even go take a piss unless I give you permission to. So they basically are taking initiative away from you at a young age. Mm. But then when you get to be an adult, it's like, oh, if you don't take initiative, well, you're not going to be successful. So you just fuck this guy for 18 years, taking it out of him, and then. Within a year or two, they're expected to have all this initiative. Mm-hmm. So it's a fucked up deal all the way around. And I, and I totally understand that. You totally understand. But that's why we want to try to try to reinstill that. Because, yes, it's not okay what people are doing to our young children uh, as far as the things that they're teaching them. They're not really setting them up to be successful. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, but, you know, laying on the lines of initiative, um, this isn't you know necessarily a tactical thing or anything. But... Uh, when it comes time for stuff to be to be cleaned, um, you know, walking around the station, all that kind of stuff. If you see something out of place or that's not supposed to be there or got dropped or whatever, that is this is a true definition of an um, initiative. This is as bold as it gets. If you see something like, say, a piece of trash, somebody was coming in the piece of trash fell out of their pocket or came out, whatever, see a piece of trash on the ground, pick that shit up and put it in the damn trash can. That's your house. Um, I like to think that a lot of firefighters don't live at home, you know, completely slobs, but I don't know. I don't go to everybody's house. But when you're in that fire station, the conditions of that station reflect on everyone. Mm -hmm. If you see a piece of trash, pick that shit up. I did as a captain all the time. I'd see a piece of trash that blew in from off the street, blew into the bay. Pick that shit up, put it in in the trash can. It takes five seconds. But then what happens, you know, if a taxpayer or the chief or something like that walks in and sees a piece of trash on the floor, he's going to light your ass up. Oh, no, nobody around here 
takes pride in cleaning up anything, you know, just that one little act, um, it just shows everything. And somebody's watching. There's always somebody watching. So if you're that rookie that everybody's standing over there doing whatever and they see that piece of hell, they might even put that somebody there to test you. You never know. There's some mm-hmm. captains out there that will do shit like that. They'll, they'll put stuff out or they'll take something away from the truck or anything like that just to check and see. And then they'll ask you later, you know, hey, is anything missing? Is anything missing this morning? I checked the truck off. Anything like that? No, no, no. Okay, well, automatically he knows that either A, you didn't do it or B, you're lying. So that's one of those other things that hits you on your reputation. But, you know, little things. Pick up the trash. It's nasty, but it's just a fact of life. My next example, if there's piss on the toilet seat, because somebody don't know how to handle their stuff, talking to men here, they can't aim, wipe that shit off. Clean it up. If there's damn skid marks in the toilet from you or somebody else, not saying that I like it, it's nasty, it is what it is, clean that shit off. Because you never know if it's going to be a you know a citizen coming in doing a um, station tour or something or a, congr- a council member or something doing a station tour right after you get done going to the bathroom in there and they do the tour, nobody cleaned up, they go in there and there's, there's piss on the floor, piss on the seat or skid marks in there. You just completely grossed out that, that council person and that's going to burn you. And all it would have taken is five seconds of you. I mean, even if, I get it. If you got to go put gloves on because it's nasty mm-hmm. or whatever, some, somebody else didn't do the right thing. Because how many times is that? Somebody else didn't do the right thing, so that shit falls on us. Just that's, that's your opportunity to do a little bitty thing, take care of a little detail. Yeah, because the rookie's going to get blamed for it. The rookie's yeah, going to get blamed for it. Um, you know, and truthfully, <laughs> uh, if you go ahead and clean that shit up right then, it's less you have to do that night. Yeah. You know, unless somebody go, else goes in there and destroys it. And then, you know, don't do this as a rookie. But if you're a senior guy or you're an officer or something like that, you cleaned up, then it gets destroyed again. Uh, you're going to be asking questions and somebody's ass is going to get in trouble. So just take those little, little initiatives. Pick up the little piece of trash. Clean off the toilet. Um, it, it doesn't take a whole lot, but those little bitty things will add up. And it will make you super, super successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I just uh, I, I never could understand why people would uh, would not want to pay attention to the little details, um, and it, and it wouldn't really wouldn't make that big a deal. Um, you know, another thing is one of the unwritten rules, but it is what it is. It's expected in most fire stations across the country. I'm sure. Um, be the first one up. This goes along with the taking initiative. Be the first one up. Whether it's, you know, depending on, I know there's a million different shift schedules out there and stuff, but if it's your if you're next morning or whatever, or any morning, whether it's your first morning at work or your second morning go-home day if you're on a 48 or whatever, be the first one up. Uh, it sucks, especially if you ran all night. It sucks. But you can go home and sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but be the first one up. Show that you have initiative to get up. Go ahead and start the, co- the coffee pot. Yeah. You know, them old heads, they, yeah. they love that coffee first thing in the morning. Um, It'll be your ass if you didn't wake up and smoke <laughs> the coffee. Yeah. I mean, they're going to come hunting you. Hey, Rook, you know, you too good to make coffee this morning? Whatever. I mean, that's that's just one of those things. Is that a policy written in the city? Absolutely not. But um, that's one of those, those reputation-building things. And if you don't know how to make a pot of coffee on your first day, ask the EO. Ask your senior. I'd be like, hey, you know, I've never made coffee before. 
can y'all show me how to make coffee? Mm-hmm. Or we have this beautiful thing, since a lot of people like to be on the phone, look the shit up on YouTube. Yeah. It's not, it's not hard, but that's a little thing that will make you a fucking hero. That'll make you the crew hero. And dude, and so our brand's founded on tradition. These are traditional things. Oh, it's absolutely. not even just what you should be doing. It's tradition with the guys before he's been done. You should honestly take pride in the stuff that you're part of that culture and that development of like these traditions of doing these small tasks. That's at least the way I look at it, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> it's earning your keep. It's earning your way. Because um, that's been, you know, starting the coffee in the morning and stuff like that's been done for generations. For yeah, I don't even know how long. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, you should really be proud that you are living that if you really care about the job. If you care about the job. If you don't care about the job, this is probably not the podcast yeah. for you. Um, this is, you know, this is just us wanting to make people successful. And, you know, me personally, I'm not I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I'll drink it when it's cold outside. But I always appreciate it because there, you never know on the crew, you know, crew of five, whatever. There's going to be somebody that drinks yes. coffee. Um, and there may be somebody that needs to mainline that shit in the morning to make them a human because they can't function without yeah. it. Um, but just doing that one little thing, man, you, you're setting, your, setting the bar for yourself very high. Dude. Just yeah. getting up, making sure that shit's done, um, and, and getting that coffee going the first thing in the morning. Um, I like to hit on that some more yeah, on that ahead. morning. So, um, yeah, I'm the last guy to go to sleep, and I'm the first guy. And it's just for one thing, I'm watching Trailer Park Boys like one in the morning. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I can't help it. But I'm always the first one up. But one thing I like to do in the morning is make sure everything's clean spotless for the oncoming crew. Because uh, I just, um, it's, I don't know, it's just the way that I am. But um, I just like everything to be clean just because it shows, I don't know. That you care about the guys coming behind you, with ain't having to pick up your shit because there is no, no worse feeling than picking up somebody's trash and bullshit. Oh yeah, you know, and you're gonna do it as a rookie. You're gonna probably do it as the captain. Is is reality? Yeah, I mean, you, don't, <laughs> you definitely don't want to leave. You don't want to leave the station worse than you found it. No, um, and you definitely want want to show that you took care of this stuff while you were there. Mm-hmm. Now there is, you know, circumstances where if you're at a fire all night and you just pull in right before relief time. Okay, yeah, shit probably didn't get yeah. cleaned up. Uh, that's understandable. Now, there are assholes out there that will still, like, I mean, I had a captain right behind me turn my ass into the chief after we'd done been up all night. Oh, the truck wouldn't wash this morning. Man, fuck you. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other deal. We're going to get into that when we start talking more about rank. But uh, taking taking that initiative to show that you have station pride, 100%. Mm-hmm. That's uh, – and. Literally just keeping the truck clean and keeping the station clean, that's really the best way to even show that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that entails, and we can get more in, in, in depth on what that means to clean. That mm-hmm. means mopping. That means washing the dishes and putting them up. Because there's nothing worse than, okay, yeah, y'all washed all the dishes last night, but they're all in the dryer rack or they're all in the dishwasher. So the oncoming crew's on there. They're trying to get their early morning started, trying to cook breakfast, and they can't find the shit. It's not in the drawer it belongs in. So they're having to go around looking for it. And, yeah, you washed it, but it's not up. Mm-hmm. So put the shit up. That's, that's finishing. That's showing that you're willing to go the full distance to finish the job. That's a little detail that just shows that you're willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, put that stuff up. Um, I don't know how y'all are because... That's how we do it. Well, y'all run a whole lot of EMS, so I don't know if y'all y'all take care of the yard stuff and everything. No, no, that's all contracted out. Oh, aren't you lucky, boy? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, if we well, had the time, we'd probably do it. There's just no way that we can swing it. Right. Well, the departments I worked at, we had to do you know yard day. So 
you know, if you're if you're a rookie coming in that's never um, ran a lawnmower, ran a weed eater, look that up and, and find out because that's going to be your job. Um, and just go ahead and jump on it. You know, most stations have a um, a daily duties list Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday, depends on where you work. They they you know every single piece of apparatus is probably cleaned weekly, uh, as well as done like a really heavy uh, truck check throughout that time. You're going to have like a, a heavy cleaning day for the dorm rooms, heavy cleaning day for the kitchen, heavy cleaning day for um, the the day room or whatever. And then you're going to have a yard day if, if your department has to do the yard. Um, learn how to do all those things. Find out that list because, uh, you know, once you get moving pretty good on, on in a good flow of being there every day, you're already getting a lot of the stuff with your familiarity as far as the fire tactics and the apparatus and all that stuff knocked out where you're not spending so much of the day learning learning that sort of thing. You can start taking the initiatives, go ahead and start working on your daily duties. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's yard day, go ahead and jump on the mower. Go ahead and jump on the weed eater. They're going to be like, damn, okay. This he's ready to get this shit knocked out. And then on top of that, that also leaves you more time throughout the day to learn the actual job. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and, and knock out your duties and then start asking questions. Hey, how do I do this? How do you work this piece of equipment? You know, what do we do with this? All that kind of stuff. That's You have all day to learn that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to learn it because you get assigned to vertical ventilation and you never had the conversation or asked, what is your job when we go on a roof? <laughs> when you're assigned to it, it's not the time because that's you got like a two to three minute window. That shit needs to be done. From the time that you get there to the time you need to be crawling off that roof, you better be getting it. And mm-hmm. that's not the time to be asking, oh, what do I do? So um, that's going to be things that you have to ask and find out. Yeah. And um, going on to that, you know, this is – if you're doing all this, you're building a reputation for yourself that's going to be carried on through your whole rookie year. And people is going to ease up on you. If you're doing this being a shithead not doing all these things, they're going to be hard on your ass. Yeah, they'll be trying, gonna, to run yeah, you off. Exactly. trying to run you off. Exactly. And so and that won't be good for nobody. We're just really trying to set you up for success. Yeah. Because not everybody has this conversation. Because you have some guys that are maybe jaded that you even go to the station with. They're not going to talk to you about it. They're going to try to set you up for a failure. Just be, and they might not be doing it directly, but indirectly they are. I mean, there's a lot of departments that may used to be playing by some old school rules. They may not actually even speak to you. Yeah. I mean, they're... They, I don't agree with that at all, but I know that there's departments out there um, that nobody even conversates with a rookie. Mm-hmm. So you are in your way. They don't. They don't necessarily even care. I mean, yeah. that's a sad reality. I don't agree with that. No, like I, I said, don't um, because that's that's setting the whole crew up for failure. But the, you know, we can't dictate what every single department does. But that's that's something that you're going to do. You just need to know that that going in. Uh, you're going to get your low man on the totem pole. That's the reality. And you're going to get all the hard jobs, mm-hmm. whether it's mopping, whether it's doing the dishes, taking out the trash, washing the truck, um, the hardcore trainings. I can't tell you how many people I've seen that they get their panties in a wad because they're the one out there having to do the bunker gear drills. Now, we'll go out there and do it with them. But the way I see it is, you know, we'll work as a crew. Okay. We'll do a training as a crew. But once, you know, if you're right there with me and you're a five-year guy, you do your bunker gear drill, you get your shit knocked out. Okay, you did it. You did it in your time period. I did mine. I did it in my time period. 
if the rookie still hadn't gotten his in the, in the allotted amount of time, we're not going to all just completely wear ourselves out. We're just going to work on him, and everybody's going to critique that particular firefighter. And you can't take that shit personal. You're not getting ran on, but we have to bring you up to the standard of what the rest of the crew is. You know, we talked before about being this is all you know one long chain, and you're a link in the chain. If you can't get your gear on in the right amount of time and get on that truck, well, you're the weak link. Mm-hmm. So we got to work on you. Yeah. And just be the guy that everyone's waiting at the front door and you're still trying to get your damn mask on. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and really and people need to kind of turn that around, that mindset and how they look at that. You're not getting – that's not singling out. And that's not necessarily – that's not hazing and that's not bullying. If you're if the crew is actually out there working with you and out there with you while you're going through these drills, that means they actually care. Mm-hmm. It's when they say, fuck that rookie. And they go inside mm-hmm. and they don't care whether you learn or don't. That's when you're in trouble. Yeah, I agree. That's when you're in trouble. So, <coughs> going into downtime. So, all the duties are done for the day. Everything's nothing scheduled. What should that rookie be doing on his downtime? Oh, a number one rule. Stay the fuck out of the lazy boys. You ain't earned a lazy boy. If, you're, if your crew gives you the opportunity to sit down and, and chill, because that's going to happen in a 24- or 48-hour shift, you're not going to be drilling and cleaning for 48 solid hours. It's not going to happen. Break out your protocols. If you're running EMS, get your EMS protocols. Get your, your policies or procedures for the fire department out. Employee handbook. I don't give a shit. Territory map. Whatever. Get something out and sit at the kitchen table. Mm-hmm. Sit at the kitchen table and study. If you'll do that, <laughs> oh my God, I, I just can't even express that to the level of seriousness mm-hmm. that I mean it. Do not sit in a lazy boy as a day one rookie. Do not. You have not earned that. You have not earned football time. You may think that you have, but you have not. You have not earned TV time. Stay your ass over there at the kitchen table. Um, studying studying what you need to know about your district, studying what you need to know about the department, about doing the job, learn all those kind of things. Because, you know, a lot of places you may not actually get to see the protocols until your first day there. So pull it off the ambulance and go through it because you never know that protocol is going to – It's it's. I'm, I'm damn near guarantee you it's going to be different than what you learned in EMS school. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Whether you're a medic, basic, intermediate, what you know, whatever your state has, all the different levels, it's going to be different than what you learned in school. The medication is going to be different. All that. And you won't know that till you read the book. So go ahead and take the time to do that. Your crew will notice that. Your crew will be like, okay, this guy's trying to learn. Yeah. I mean, that just immediately pours into the – you're trying to get a good reputation. Shit. Even if you're sitting at the table listening to a podcast that's educational-based firefighting, they know, that, they know that you're spending the time to better yourself. Your downtime, you know, you're not sitting there fucking on your phone or anything like that. No, you're sitting there, you know – putting the time and the effort into your education and your ability to do the job and so they're going to look at you you might not be reading the city handbook or something like that but <laughs> yeah you know i but, mean and you might be scrolling a little bit of facebook but you at least look like you're trying to be over there learning yeah um which you should be like even yeah. even right now like um one thing during the so my captain really good even my previous captain that just left all day, it's all firefighter base. Our conversation, we, we we still joke around and stuff. And Longview's set up a little bit different. You're te- technically uh, not a rookie in, until you checked off as a paramedic. 
mm-hmm. you know, then you're you earn the right to hop on the lazy boy and stuff like that. That's just their tradition. That's their culture, and that's how it's, how it's designed. But even uh, the firefighter that's not checked off, you know, Cap sets them to lazy boy. And we watch YouTube videos. We listen to educational stuff based off of firefighting and listen to speeches and whatnot. I find that's really cool, you know. Yeah, but he's invited to come. Yes, he's invited to come. Yeah, I was going to say, don't get me wrong. I mean, I know very few rookies that work, unless they are an absolute shitbag, but very few rookies that work for me, it wasn't very long before I invited them to come sit down. Mm -hmm. Or one of the other senior guys was like, hey, Cap, what do you think about letting Mm -hmm. such such come, come sit with us? Yeah. yeah, he's well, earned it or she's earned it. Yeah, so our station's real small, so our kind of our living room is kind of our education room. Oh, okay. So yeah. that's probably if it if we had a different place to do it, we probably wouldn't be doing. So it y'all don't have like a full on like training room. Like, no. Okay. Well, no. see, that's yeah, that's a little different. But mm-hmm. you're having to utilize those is a little different. So yeah, that's a different. But I would not walk in after you just got done cooking breakfast or just got done whatever. I would not go and plot my ass. No, absolutely. Wait not. till you're invited. Whether it's to come over there to do training, and then still don't take that as, okay, well, I'm golden now. They let me sit in them, so now I can sit here and watch football. Just don't. Because, for one, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's like this in every station, but it was damn sure like this with mine. Uh, and, and every other station that I personally worked in, everybody had a seat. Captain's got his lazy mm-hmm. boy. EO's got his lazy boy. That shit still goes by rank. You know, mm-hmm. wherever they sit, you're getting what's left over. You know, and normally the captain's getting center screen. Mm-hmm. Normally. Uh, and it kind of works that way. So you don't want to go sit in the captain's chair. No. Because that's your ass. They, they, you, <laughs> that will get around. There will be a group text message that goes around your fire department so fucking fast that you won't even know. Holy shit, this rookie's been here five minutes. He just sat, sat in the captain's lazy boy and hadn't done anything. He's already watching TV. You're done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're done. So... Just don't do that. <laughs> um, and like I said, every department is different. Um, but the captain controls the TV. Mm-hmm. You watch what the captain wants to watch. Uh, some captains are cool and put it on stuff. Hey, what do y'all want to watch? Y'all want to watch? You know, want to watch the Strohs or you want to watch football? What do you want to do? But some captains, I worked for one. The son of a bitch watch wrestling. Now I don't <laughs> like wrestling. I could give two shits about it, but that's what was on the TV twenty four seven. <laughs> Dude, funny story yesterday I introduced everybody to Trailer Park Boys oh my lord that's that's what I'm known for right now that's what well in the morning no one was there so I turned it on dude we watched that motherfucker all day till about midnight Chief he, he was so involved in it it was hilarious shout out to Clay Morris cause uh <laughs> dude, I had one of the firefighters he introduced me to it he absolutely loved it he waited for me to go to sleep and he'd steal the remote and he'd turn it to that. <laughs> I even got cheap on it. Everyone, it's it's such bullshit, but damn, that motherfucker's funny. <laughs> it's oh lord, that's a whole other side topic there. That show is on another level. Yeah. But yes, it's entertaining. Um, but and I mean that's funny. Like if if that happens and the you know the captains want to be jumping on that, then mm-hmm. then absolutely. Uh, I mean that's. <laughs> That's it's Sundays awesome. too. It's yeah, Sundays. but you may not. I mean, you legit, you may not have a captain that gives a shit what anybody else mm-hmm. wants to listen to or watch. He shit, he may put on soap opera and you're stuck. Um, that just that's a fact of it. So, you know, that's why I encourage do not ever go sit because you don't know what the actual station dynamic is of the TV. No, um, and it's really not. If you're a rookie, it's not your place to even know. Mm-mm. You know, you need to be worried about 
the truck and all that. Don't worry about the TV. No. That shit will come. Um, but let yourself – let the point come where you're invited to come join the crew to do that because that, that is a pleasure. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a leisure point pleasure of being a fireman is getting to have the lazy boy and watch the TV and stuff during the downtime. Um, you know, I'm a huge proponent and I always gained a ton of respect for people whenever, uh, you know, you're looking around, shit, can't find the rookie, can't find the rookie. Go outside, rookie's outside. Yeah. Learning the truck, going over the truck by themselves, doing whatever kind of strategy that it is that works for them to best memorize it. Take that initiative and take that downtime, learn that damn truck. Yeah. And that, actually, I was just about to bring this up, you know. When you're going in there, try to identify the person who's interested in training you and start asking questions, asking a lot. Because there is going to be – hopefully there's somebody there that – or they all might just love the job so much where they love training and whatnot to where they um, – if you're doing something, they want, to be, they want to be invested in you and they want to put their stamp on you. So let them know that you are going to train. Just don't go walk out there like, hey – Gentlemen, hey, I'm going out there to go train on this, this, and that. They'll not be like, hey, okay, cool. Or they'll be like, oh, fuck, let's go. Yes, let's go fucking rock it. Yeah, absolutely. I just adjusted the volume a little bit there. Yeah. That's one uh, thing, folks. We, uh, we're we new to this, and we tell like we get a lot of people that are like, hey, you know, turning up the volume and everything. So we're playing with it constantly. We're just, this is a learning learning as we go deal, so y'all cut us a little slack. Yeah. Um, but I completely agree. That's uh, And every crew is going to have that. You're going to have – you're going to have the guys that, that aren't as much um, ready to, to go out there and just drill all day. But then you're going to have the people that are like, hey, let's go. They want to go. And so, yeah, absolutely. Identify that pretty quickly mm-hmm. of someone. And it's probably going to be it's probably going to be the, the next closest person junior to you. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that, that pretty much just came off rookie status when you got there. Because yeah. um, a lot of departments still operate that way, you're still the rookie in the station till another one is hired. Yeah. Um, I mean that happens at certain places, so that's okay. Um, but kind of latch on to that person because that person is going to be the freshest on the newest stuff that that crew is doing. Yes, but my whole crew's like that. So if I'm going out there train or anything, they're all coming. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, so it does, I really enjoy that, and um, which is cool because every, like everyone needs reps. I mean, no one's never too good to be reps. And I'm glad that they can identify that. And that was the same thing when I was in the Marines, you know, training guys. Every, if I'm out there training, all y'all motherfuckers are out here training. You Hell know what yeah. I mean? So, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, that's exactly how it should be. But um, so pretty much that. And the question portion. So what is it a good amount of questions that need to be asked? Like what's too much and what's too little? I don't want back-to-back questions, like all day long, every day. Because um, you kind of could tell when somebody's just trying to suck up to you. Trying to suck up, and they probably haven't grasped the answer or perfected the answer to the last question, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, they like. I get it if it's a it's a, if it's a subject that's a you know you're diving in a little deeper on that subject and you're kind of building on it. Like if it's if it's at the kitchen table and you're talking about okay, well. You know, Cap, what do you want out of me? And he's like, get the nozzle, okay, and, and you know, and then what? Okay, you know, am I going to be there by myself? What, what exactly, because you don't necessarily know, what exactly do I need to be doing once I pull the hose and get to the front door? Well, 
myself, I'm going to elaborate, be like, well, I'm going to be doing my 360 if I get hung up because there's a couple fences in the back or there's a dog in the back and I can't do my 360 good. It may take me a little bit longer than it would uh, normally, but just hang out there um, and I'm going to get it as quick as I can and get back to you. So a good follow-up question to that might be um, where you don't sound like a dumbass is uh, you say, okay, well, you know, what if I see fire right there? Shit, okay. So this person's thinking we're, we're going to start building on this scenario yeah, and start absolutely. learning more. Um, you know, I'm going to give the answer, shit, if you see fire, go ahead and hit it. Um, you can hit it from the front door. That's not, to me, that's not going to be freelancing or, or you acting like an idiot or anything like that. Go ahead and hit that shit and I'll be right there with you and then we'll go ahead and go in. Um, you don't have to let it just keep building and building and building right on top of you. Um, but some some captains are like, no, you don't spray water until I'm right there with you and I tell you to do so. To each his own. But you're not going to know that unless you ask. Mm-hmm. So ask that kind of question. It's it's okay to me, but if you're asking like just like blatantly I'm just trying to ask questions to sound sophisticated type, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of hard to that's kind of hard to elaborate on as far as giving a true example. But yeah, because I mean it's such a you have to been through it to know it. Yeah, but if you're acting like you know uh, our six year old, that's like well why well why well why mm-hmm. that's where or are we there yet are we there yet are, you don't want to yeah. be like that kind of repetitive. But if you're really trying to build, and I can see that you're trying to put this whole puzzle piece together and understand the whole dynamic of what exactly we're doing, then there is no limit to questions. Yeah, I agree. Um, we can start building on that shit, building on that shit. Now, if I if it starts getting to a point where you know I can recognize we're getting a little too advanced for this person, mm-hmm. then I'm going to back it off and be like, okay, well, you know, we'll get to that. Let's perfect this. Let's slow it down because mm-hmm. you're getting a little bit far beyond your scope. Now, if it's somebody that's coming from another station that's been in a few years, they just haven't ever worked on my crew, uh, and they're asking those questions, okay, well, shit, let's fucking, sorry, let's fucking pour into this and uh, get more and more and more. We can get as deep as you want to there because I understand that that person knows exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but that falls back onto what we talked about in previous episodes, know your people. Yeah, um, because you can you can completely overwhelm a day one guy very quickly with the massive amount of dynamic that this job entails. Mm-hmm. You know everything: fire, EMS, hazmat, rescue, natural disasters, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you start trying to to give them. You know they're still trying to figure out what kind of cross they were pulling, and you start giving them, you know, the the SOPs for damn hurricane response. Yeah, <laughs> that's where, you, yeah, you're crossing yeah. a line of it being too much, too many questions and too many answers. But if they're asking, you know, trying to stay super engaged, okay, well, I, you know, in fire cameraman, I never pull. Just be, especially they better be honest in their questions. They damn sure better be honest. Um, but if they, you know, if they say, I never pulled a, a triple A. I never pulled a speed load. How do we do that? Okay, well, uh, let's go out here and show you. Uh, but that's absolutely like questions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, just make sure that they're, you know, I hate when people say, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Sometimes there is, but you just need to be, do you need to be tactful? Don't ask questions to things that just because you want to sound, you know, 
whatever. Or, or just to even start conversation, just because you know that makes the captain happy talking about fire shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Yeah. Um, spend that time to go get your hands on something. If, if you want to make the captain happy, go put your hands on mm-hmm. something. Um, I remember shit. I don't even know how long ago it's been. I had a, a senior guy tell me a long, long, long time ago, and this still rings true to this day, and it falls 100% back on the initiative thing. He said, don't ever make the captain find you something to do. Find yourself something to do, because if the captain has to find you something to do, it's probably gonna, not going to be some shit you like doing. Mm-hmm. So if it's something, you know, Go out there, and if you're going through the truck or whatever, and you notice that there's there's oil and grime in the cabinets, you know, get with the EO and be like, hey, man, you know, I noticed the saw saw uh, compartment. There's some of the, you know, the oil that leaked off or whatever, and we got some oil and grime. I'm going to start going out there and start cleaning that up. Oh, shit. Okay. And you're taking the initiative to go out there to get something clean. You're learning about that compartment how it all worked, how the little trays come out, how the shit slides and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And then, you know, you can more than likely, if, if you work for a pretty decent EO or a decent senior fireman, they're going to be out there with you. Mm-hmm. That's whenever you can ask, hey, can you show me more about this saw? Yeah. It might be a different type of saw that you've never seen. Or you might be one of these people that's never ran a chainsaw before in their life. And you just like, okay, well, that's what it looks like from the textbook. Can I show me how to crank this thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But don't also ask, don't ask for for permission to do everything. No, absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. But but uh, a good rule of thumb: if you're going to pull anything off of an apparatus, you need to let the driver yeah. of that apparatus know. Um, that was a you talk about pet peeves. That was a huge pet peeve of mine whenever I was an EO because I worked for a chief. Oh, try to watch my language here. I worked for a chief that would come. Well after we did morning truck checks, like halfway through the day or later into the day, and he come pulls the shit off the truck on purpose. And then when I have the audacity to ask you later on, hey, everything on your truck? Yes, sir. You sure? Yes, sir. What he was wanting is he was wanting the EOs to continuously check their trucks throughout the day. Oh. Personally, fuck that. <laughs> um, that's dangerous for one, because what if he was over at admin and we caught a run, and he had taken that shit off trying to pull his little bullshit, you know, gotcha. That's what I used to call that. The, you know, everybody wants to play a gotcha game. Um, if you're, uh, uh, you know, if, if something had happened, he hadn't been able to relay that information because he was trying to play games. Well, now you got everybody to buy. So my personal belief, I don't like that. That is the, no matter what the policy says, I don't give a shit because that's been written by people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. The EO, engine operator, that is his truck. That is his baby. Everything on that, that's the EO's responsibility. He or she, that is their baby. So in the mornings, you know, they check all the fluids. They check all that stuff. They, you know, make sure all the equipment. If there's something that's been pulled off, they know. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that's in their truck check. They turn in in the morning. So if you go out there, even if you're trying to be proactive and trying to do, you know, do good for yourself and all that, which is fucking awesome, always let the EO know. You know, I'm going to, I want to pull this off. I want to pull ladders off and and practice throwing my ladders. Whatever it is, let the EO know. Um, Or let the senior firefighter know so they can let let somebody know that you're pulling that equipment, but preferably the EO because there may be some miscommunication. And, you know, they may drop a run 
you're back there training, uh, just doing whatever. Say you're out there playing with the ladders behind the station, throwing the ladders. Y'all pop a call. You hear a structure fire. You just completely because you're you know you're brand new. So you're like, oh shit! Your adrenaline goes through the roof. You take off running. You start throwing your gear on. You're like, oh damn! I forgot that ladder. Well, now we're driving down the highway with the ladder compartment open, missing our extension ladder <laughs> because you didn't let anybody know, and then you got <laughs> kind of panicked, whatever, which is normal. You catch your first structure fire, your fucking shit's gonna be through the roof. But um, you gotta let people know because there's little things like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with training, but if you don't let the EO know when you're pulling equipment off that apparatus, whichever one it is, ladder truck, whatever. Um, you know, that'd be like pulling the, the monitor off, going in the station to learn how to run this life pack. Because when I did my clinicals, I used a Zoll. So now I'm tra- coming in here and learning how to use a life pack. You catch a damn CPR and you left the life pack sitting at the fucking station. Guess who's the asshole? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I say that stuff because I've seen it happen. Pericardial thump. <laughs> I mean, you just never know. People get wound up. I mean, I've been guilty. We went through a little process there. People were stealing shit off of ambulances, and we were having to pull all the med bags, the monitor, and the um, the med box off the ambulances every time we got back to the station. Middle of the night, you drop a fucking call. You go out there not thinking because you're half asleep or you're on call 20. You walk out and smooth fucking leave that shit sitting in the station. Then you get on scene. You don't have oxygen bottle. You don't have fucking med bag. You don't have your fucking uh, jump bag. All that shit's at the station. Monitor, it's all at the station, and you're like... And there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. You got. I mean, you have to get on the radio, call for another ambulance because you're out of service, mechanical. Yeah. Then you got to explain to your captain the fuck happened. You know, did y'all pop a tire or something? No, I fucked up. And of course, own that shit. Yeah. But, but it happens. It absolutely happens. So you know, if if you can try to minimize those situations by letting more people in on it like mm-hmm. hey I'm you know this equipment's going to be off or whatever then it reduces the ability because somebody else is going to re- possibly remember that piece of equipment where you might forget if you're yeah. a rookie and excited and all that kind of stuff so um shit what's something else man man when okay and this is kind of something I didn't know going in when should I go to bed last yeah last um which sucks I mean, I'm not going to lie. It sucks because usually, you know, I mean, you're putting out. The rookie mm-hmm. The rookie is working the hardest. The rookie is doing the majority of the work throughout the day. You're more than likely going to be on the apparatus that runs the most calls. Um, and you're going to be tired. I mean, you're going to be tired. Um, I mean, last probably till. I mean, if you have a, somebody that stays up until 3 in the morning every night. Oh, no. Yeah. That, yeah no, no, no. I just mean you don't, yeah. you don't leave when the rest of the crew is still up doing stuff. You know, say they're doing chores or whatever. You don't just say, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. Yeah. No. No, absolutely not. Um, I say around 9, 9.30, 10. Yeah, so my old department, we had, um, we had a sleeping policy, which I don't necessarily agree with, and that's something that we're going to get into later, is um, firefighters and sleep. Um, I had different views whenever I was a, a younger man on sleep uh, than I do now, and we'll dive more into that. And so I completely understand fatigue, completely understand being dog ass tired, totally get it. Um, but as a younger firefighter, you're going to be sleepy, you're going to be tired, you're catching you know the most calls, and you're doing the most work, mm-hmm. so you're going to be tired. Don't. Uh, don't use that as a crutch. 
uh, to try to to try to go to bed early. Basically, um, it's time to get tough. Mm-hmm. You'll get your time to sleep, but it's time to get tough. Um, yeah, definitely be the last one. Like, totally, if because there are some people that don't sleep. I know guys that I worked with. Their bodies were just conditioned. They stayed up the whole twenty four. That's kind of where I stand. Really? Yeah. <clears throat> well, y'all don't have a fucking choice. Yeah, <laughs> when I'm on the medic, you don't have a choice. But even when I'm not, I'm just wired that way. Yeah. Now that's a, and that's give or take. Um, but don't definitely don't be the first one. Um, I know most stations do evening chores yeah. before bed, so you damn sure don't want to be the one to be in bed whenever the crews are doing chores. We used to do, um, so we had, a, that's what I was getting at, we had a sleep policy from 6A to 9P, you weren't allowed to sleep. Um, you weren't even allowed in, in the sleep quarters on first day. Now, second day, uh, we fought like hell. <clears throat> and the district chief that I talked about in the previous episode, he fought like hell and actually got us where we could, we added in on second day discretion of the captain. You know, pitting upon the call volume for the first night and stuff, mm-hmm. um, and that was on a forty-hour shift. So that's a little different ball game. But so nine o'clock, um, we started doing uh, station cleanup. We did a call over the you know intercom and shit for station cleanup at eight o'clock. We usually tried to have uh, dinner earlier in the day than that, but uh, you know that's whenever you're doing essentially all your cleanup. So in the morning when you get up. You're, you're able to leave unless somebody made a big mess and then that shit was on them. But that was the rule for us was 8 o'clock cleanup. Everybody knocks out the mop and clean the bathrooms, clean this kitchen, put the dishes up, all that stuff um, at 8 o'clock. And then anybody that came in and, and fucked shit up after that, that was on them. But um, get your ass involved in that. Mm, yeah. Um, the best way, absolute best way, <laughs> To get a good reputation as a rookie is, of course, obviously start start the cleanup yourself. But if you see any kind of cleaning, a broom, a damn mop, any of that kind of shit in a captain's hands, you better tackle his ass and take that shit. <laughs> Just strip it from him. Um, and they'll fight you on it. A good mm-hmm. captain's going to be like, no, no, it's mine. I want it. I want it. I want it. Take that shit from him. Don't take that as a hint. Um, you know of oh no it's okay no it's not okay he's testing you that captain is testing you to see how bad you want it and if you're really gonna do it take that shit from him yeah someone's about to come fuck us up for getting punched in the face cause they listen to our <laughs> podcast and his rookie done punched him for the month uh, hey you'd probably get some mad respect <laughs> if he's a legit captain that came up through the ranks the right way and you tackle that some bitch and you put them on the ground. I don't break no hips because there's some geriatrics running around here. <laughs> <laughs> take your ass to the house. But um, they, uh, yeah, take that shit. Take it from them. Because uh, later on, it, it'll be, uh, you'll all be laughing about it. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, damn, fuck it. That rookie wasn't letting that captain wash some damn floors. You know, or whatever. I mean, that legitimately, that is one of the biggest ways. Just take it. Even from... Anybody senior to you, mm-hmm. you see them mopping and you're done with your chore or whatever, take that mop. Take that mop, take that room. Just do it. And you will get a, an amazing reputation from that shit. Um, but definitely take part. I mean, 
I'd say your nightly chores are pretty standard across the industry. I mean, you're going to be sweeping, mopping floors, cleaning bathrooms, cleaning up the kitchen, taking the trash out. Yes, we do in the mornings. Uh, Oh, when y'all get up? Yeah. Or, no, like when we come up on shifts, we eat breakfast, then clean. Okay, okay. Um, Yeah, we did it the night before. Um, That way in the mornings, uh, we basically just get up, make relief, and go home. Mm -hmm. Um, That that was ours. But, yeah, I mean, either way, it's going to take part at some time. So, jump in that shit yeah don't uh don't don't stand back don't be like some of these people and act like oh oh yeah i'm doing it um and trying to look that's not the time to look busy Mm -hmm. that's the time to be busy be prideful about it yeah get in there and clean it um and it's gonna i mean it just it all around will help you um it's gonna make your station cleaner it's gonna make you healthier because it's a clean environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have to even get into the hygiene stuff. Most people should have enough common sense to know that keeping a clean environment is good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, jump in on that. Cool. Dude, that's, I think they covered the whole day. Yeah, that's your first day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, so, I mean, just to recap on that, the biggest thing about being a good rookie is is initiative. Oh, absolutely. Jump in, take initiative, uh, no matter what it is. If it's, if it's actual fire, EMS, job-related tasks, or little stuff around the station, like you know, picking up trash, taking stuff out, um, going, you know, going out in your district and stuff. Um, anytime that you're involved with the public, any of that, stay off the phone. Anytime that you're having a conversation with anyone in your station, for that matter, but pri- primarily, you know, your captain, your EO. If you're taking part in any kind of tactical type conversation where you're talking about real job-related tasks, stay off the phone. Um, just there's a time and place for all that kind of stuff yeah. and when you're engaged in a real conversation just don't do it um, make eye contact with the people shake hands mm-hmm. um, men or women mm-hmm. uh, shake hands good good handshakes uh, introduce yourself uh, just just be sure that you you know are engaged with your crew and keep a good attitude that's something we didn't touch much on that's something I go to work in Every day, even no matter what's going on in my home life, dude. Because I mean, sometimes you know, but Grandpa's got cancer right now, so it's kind of hard. So, but every day I show up to work, I got a big ass smile on my face, and I'm talking shit. I'm <laughs> well, talking shit from the time I get there, from the time I leave. <laughs> I mean, this job. Anybody that's getting into this field should be fucking excited when you finally get yeah. a paid job. I mean, they should be fucking excited because you you go through a lot. I mean, I don't care really what level of uh, academies or anything like that. It, it's a lot. It's a it's a large sacrifice on, you know, your your physical being, your um, you know, study time, time, you know, everything that you sacrificed to get to this job and now you finally have it. Mm-hmm. Be excited. Man, I was I was fucking giggly and I've started over three times now. And every time I'm fucking giggly. You know, mm-hmm. you're excited to put that uniform on. Um, some people, you know, they take selfies and shit. And <laughs> I mean, it's cool. You know, it's cool to finally wear that fucking uniform that you work so hard. But just remember that that's the start. Now you have to earn that uniform. Mm-hmm. And you're earning it. And you you just have to you earn it by having a good reputation. Taking initiative is the best way to build that reputation. Step up. I mean, it's, it's the little things. That's mm-hmm. when it comes to your reputation is solely based primarily on how you conduct yourself within the station. Um, and that that's not hard. Mm-hmm. It's not hard at all. It's a little bit of sacrifice. It's a little bit, a little bit of sacrifice of sleep um, most of the time. It's a little bit of sacrifice of work. 
But once you do, it pays off. I mean, yeah. the dividends on it are phenomenal because you can literally go through a 20, 30-year career with a good reputation, and you're going to be the guy that when you retire, you'll have a thousand your, people show up at your damn retirement. It's your legacy. Yeah. It's what you leave behind. I mean, you'll see it. There's people out there. I know some fucking chiefs right now. If they died today, they would have to pay the fire department overtime to come carry their goddamn casket. And then there's people that pass away that fill a whole fucking street with a whole department. They got to backstaff the whole department because everybody for the last 30, 40 years wants to come see that, that firefighter off. So that's what your options are. Mm -hmm. Either be a shithead that you're going to have to literally pay somebody to come carry your casket <laughs> or be phenomenal and be a good guy or a good lady and everyone love you. I mean, yeah. that, that's what you're looking at. When you yeah. look at it, ultimately, that's what it is. And it starts day one. I agree. That reputation starts day one. So, anyway, guys, well, that's a wrap-up on, on the Rookie 101. Um, we hope that helps. I know that, that breaks it down very simple, but I know that there's a lot of people that, that just may not know some of this stuff. Um, so, we hope it helps. Um, we, uh, we want y'all to uh, continue giving us all the feedback and stuff on Facebook. Um, like our post, share our posts, get the word out, um, help us with this movement in the fire service, uh, and um, check out the website. We have uh, some of our apparel has come in, working on and getting all that stuff put together so we can start sending out orders. Um, it's kind of a little bit of a long process. Gunner's been hammering that out uh, as fast as he possibly can. But yeah, y'all follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Um, the podcast is now live on. Uh, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So y'all share them, give it to all your friends and family, and uh, just help us get this word out. We'll see you on the next one.